The older you get, the more you realize that life is indeed short. While the meme featuring Dwight Schrute says, false, it's the longest thing you do, it's true that our time on this planet is brief, especially in relation to the history of time. A couple weeks ago, we all heard the tragic news that John McAfee, an icon in the tech and blockchain space, and a colorful character who marched to the beat of his own drummer, had died. Over the past four years, John has become a friend of this show and graced us with his time, his thoughts, and his laughter five different times. Today, we take a walk down memory lane and reflect on some of the content John shared with us, punctuated by our thoughts on the same. With a loving nod to his widow, Janice McAfee, we welcome you to this John McAfee tribute, episode number 521 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three... Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. I'm Joel Com, And I am Travis Wright. And this episode is a little more serious than usual. Yeah, except for the some of the audio that we're going to play. I except mean, for some of the audio that we're going to play. Well, because it's true to form. McAfee was a luminary. He was also very hilarious, also very enigmatic, but also full of a lot of wisdom. So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of medley of, of information and uh, entertainment in this particular episode as we what merged what four or five different episodes five five episodes. episodes that we five times we interviewed John McAfee for the show and then other times we hung out with him not for the show but. you know he'd want this to be funny though right he'd he'd be like you guys make some badass jokes and have, People, have fun please you're gonna have to laugh <laughs> well this is also a little different for us because as many times you've heard us reference our producer aaron who gets to muddle through all of the audio and edit it to bring out the best so that what you get in your ears as final content is as polished as it can be when you've got the blockchain blockheads here doing it we're pleased to welcome aaron sell to the show today hi aaron hi guys <laughs> this is different, isn't it? It is. It's a little, little weird. It's been we're, a while. We're all uh, we're sitting in uh, Travis's uh, Traviso. What, what do you call this place? It's well, one is the official name would be the Wright Villa, but I think it, I like the Trav Villa. The Trav Villa. We're in uh, in Luquillo, Puerto Rico, at Travis's place. We uh, no the Trav Villa. The Trav Villa. We had some burgers today. Travis grilled out, spent some time at the pool, and now the three of us are here, and um, we're going to do this a little uniquely today, but first I want Aaron to kind of share, you know, what we had gone through to pull this together, because you've been tasked, along with some of our badassiters, of helping us create this content. Yes, so I spent many hours going through all of the episodes and a huge huge uh shout out and thank you to the badassiters because it, it would have taken me even longer had i not had them give me the uh basically the the down low right because we, we we invited them to be tasked with listening to one of the episodes and providing some notes, so timestamps for the timestamps, yeah. Who, yep. Which which badassers were the ones that exactly helped out? So let's see, uh, King Snorky was one, 
Jimmy. Fat Jimmy. Jimmy. Fat Jimmy. Fat Jimmy, <laughs> who is surprisingly not fat, but his amps are. Makes the best amps in the world. Apparently, a lot of different musicians out there love the Fat Jimmy amps. FatJimmyAmps.com. FatJimmyAmps.com, I believe, mm-hmm. or just Google Fat Jimmy amps, probably find it. So what happens if people go to KingSnorky.com? <laughs> No, don't. Do not. Do not go there. We don't know. This is a private Pornhub page, I think. We Technical Rift will. Uh, Yep, yep. Technical Rift will helped. And the other one. Is that what? M-N-N-O-L-M-N-O-P. MSMP82. Okay. It's anonymous badassiter who helped. And then we realized that we actually had five. Right. Because Virtual Blockchain Week never got put out as an actual show. It just went on YouTube. Mm. So I had to do that one on my own. So you listened to all five of these interviews. And today we're going to review the edits. We're going to play clips from each of these. But, you know, I observed you doing this and you came to me multiple times because you were so moved by it. So talk about your experience of listening to all these shows again, because it was pretty fresh, right? when we decided we were going to do this, but we didn't want to rush. I feel like I'm getting emotional again, just thinking about it. I don't know why, but I was really, um, just taken by, by John and every, I mean, I always enjoyed when he was on the show and just hearing the news of his passing just really moved me. And then listening to everything. And it was just like, Oh my God, this man is brilliant. And so it was it was really good for me to to go through and listen. And I hope that everybody enjoys the clips I picked. Um, I definitely went for, you know, a variety. Some of them, like you said, are were funny. Some of them are serious. Some of them are just so thought provoking. It was it was really just a privilege and an honor to be able to put this together Mm. in memory. So this might be a, an emotional roller coaster, folks, but it will be a nice uh, journey down memory lane and grabbing some wisdom from the one and only John McAfee, huh? Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, while we've talked about the conditions uh, of his death and our thoughts on all of that, that in this episode, we don't really need to go towards that, that this is, you know, whatever happened, happened. He's no longer with us. And I think we should focus on the content and remembering him for who he was. You know, I agree with that. But there's one, there's one little small part of me that says, dude, John bribed some guy there in Spain in the prison and he escaped. He's a, he sent him some crypto. And they, they, so there's some part of me that says John is somewhere like in Indonesia. Tahiti. Or someplace, you know. I mean, you never know with that guy. But, I mean, rest in peace, brother. All right. Well, what Aaron has done is taken several hours of content and edited out quite a bit to bring you some of the highlights from each of the five interviews. So you might discover that some of the interviews feel a little choppy, that we're going from one topic and quickly moving to another. Just realize there's a lot of content edited out. And if you want to go back and find the full ones, they're all listed in the show notes and linked to. But, you know, if all of a sudden we go talking about one topic to another, that's why. So with no further ado, let's jump into episode number 100, the first time we got to speak with John McAfee. Let's do it.
Parental advisory, explicit content, parental discretion is advised. This podcast is rated E for excellent. <laughs> there is no one in the blockchain space more controversial than John McAfee. Once the founder of a software company that he now disowns, John has a rap sheet that's longer than his biography. Some people love him, some people hate him, and there's probably a few people who don't know who he is. But you are about to embark on a journey into the mind of a true internet pioneer and blockchain enthusiast. Warning, this episode is rife with language and content which may offend your sensibilities. John said we could ask him absolutely anything, so we did. Out of all of the shows that we've done, this right here is, to me, when, when we were finished with it, I was like, wow, that to me is the highlight of Bad Crypto so far. Very few people... Give less fucks than John McAfee. <laughs> he doesn't have any left to give. I mean, let's just let's be honest. And you're going to hear a lot of them in this interview. So uh, let's you guys are ready for this. I think you're ready. I don't yeah. know. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Listen. Enjoy. John McAfee. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing good. I, I think my rap sheet is longer than my bio, however. Everyone wants to know about John McAfee's dick. And uh, what condiments are you going to use? Is it, are you going to barbecue it? Is it going to be a skewer? Are you going to boil your dick, bake your dick, make a dick lasagna? Um, <laughs> what are the logistics? What are the logistics of this? The first question, question is going to be, uh, am I going to sever it before I eat it? I mean, uh, but you know, no one's asked that question. That's true. Well, That's true. Here, might be more flexible. I'm not, I'm, not I'm not concerned about condiments or anything else because I can promise you now, uh, I do not bet on anything that I have any opportunity of losing on. I'm fucking Irish, so please God, no, that that bet is a sure thing. So yeah, I'm not eating my dick because I can't lose that bet because mathematics says I can't fucking lose it. No. Work it out, kids. Okay, so what what do you think? Is everything that's happening right now, is it pure market manipulation? Is this simply suppression so that the big boys can come in and acquire as much as possible, or are there other forces at work? So who benefits from chaos in the crypto market? Governments and banks. Now, have governments and banks even noticed us? Fuck yes. Have they tried to fuck with us? Fuck yes. You guys certainly know Brock Pierce. He's the only other man in this this industry who will say and do whatever he fucking wants. Snappy so, dresser. Well, he is, and he's a good friend of mine. And do not ever try to outparty that motherfucker. Why don't you go back to the Beatles and listen to John Lennon's Imagine one more fucking time. Hmm. Imagine there's no country. It's easy if you try. Imagine there's just people living day to day. See, that's my view of the world, and you need to get that view of the world if you're going to be in this fucking cryptocurrency mm. thing, because this is what we're behind. We're not behind power for the country, for a group, for whites, for blacks, for Hispanics, or Eskimos who are supposed to be the best fucks on the planet. I don't know. I've never tried. When this started, do you think that people were buying Bitcoin for an investment? No. They were buying Bitcoin because they saw in this magic this mathematics created by Satoshi, a means of taking that fucking power that tells you what to do, when to do it. Don't smoke weed. 
Or if you do, do it in a state where it's legal and only because you need it medically. Fuck that shit. No, I don't want people telling me at my age what I can and cannot do with my own body and my own mind. His no, body, his choice. Pardon? My body, my choice. That's so, right. yeah, Satoshi gave these sheep power beyond belief. What do they do with it? Ooh, we can make money. Well, fuck that shit. That's what you got you in this position to begin with. The government says, we'll let you work nine to five, five days a week. You belong to me. And I'm going to take 20% of the money that you earn working five days a week, 52 weeks out of the year. Until you reach the age of 60 and you're too old to do anything, we're going to let you off and give you a pittance for retirement and a gold goddamn watch. This is your life, people. Do you think that Satoshi Nakamoto was an entity or do you think it was potentially the NSA who created this cryptocurrencies originally? Like you started this conversation with an absolute falsehood. Nobody knows who Sakamoto Nashimoto is. Right. <laughs> it. it is hard to say. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. You are absolutely incorrect on that. Okay. Absolutely fucking incorrect. And there are many who knows who he is and none will ever divulge it. I'm telling you now. Let's do a quick lightning round, like short answers, just boom, top of mind. I got 10 of them. They're all over the map. All right, you ready? I'm ready, yes. All right, here we go. Fast answers. Jamie Dimon. <laughs> Asshole number one. Next. Newport so cigarettes. Pardon? Newport cigarettes. Uh, and any cigarette is good. Bitcoin cash. Um, I love Jihan, and I also love Roger Ver. They're the smartest people I know. Uh, I'm fully behind them. I don't care if they're if they're kidnapping old ladies and using them for sex slaves. I'm behind it. Next, most most beautiful place in the world. Belize, fake Twitter accounts. Uh, they're they're a lot of fun to play with, and I sometimes go in just to see what I'm doing and recommending as other people. Comfiest shoes. I'm wearing them right now. I don't know if you can see them. What's the brand? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what's the brand? I, I have no clue. There's no brand on them. Okay. I buy everything cheap, cheap and brandless. The first thing you do when you free yourself is you free yourself from brands. All so, right. How about people who get offended? Uh, my Twitter followers. <laughs> Ethereum. Um, it's the only thing that I use for actual payments and buying things. Last one. Best album ever. Oh, Jesus Christ. I would have to say Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, their first album. I think it was just called Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Teach your children well. That's very yeah. good. And you were talking about mobile phones and why they are so treacherous, the security on those. So because a lot of people are just keeping all their crypto on their mobile device. So what would you tell people who are doing that? And, and, and maybe uh, some thoughts around that. But keep in mind that all mobile phones and all mobile devices are designed for one and one purpose only. That is to spy on you. Why? How are they going to sell you something? Unless they know where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, what you like, or what you're talking about. Now, is that insidious? Not really. If they want to sell me shoes and I don't want to buy them, I can choose not to buy them. What is insidious is because those features are fundamental to the making money for Google, for Sprint, 
uh, for Samsung, since they are fundamental elements of the architecture. If I'm a hacker, I'm going to go, good God, I really should be sending 90% of my income to Google and AT&T and Samsung because they're allowing me to steal from you because they're allowing me to know where you are, who your friends are, get your contacts list, get you to go to any porn site in the world where I have paid them to put a link in that you want to click. And in that link is my keystroke logger. It gets installed. Now I've got your keystroke so that when you do access your wallet, I don't give a shit what kind of, of uh, any kind of compression or um, cryptography you are using. Do I give a shit? No, because I'm watching you type it in. You type it in, go ahead, encrypt it. I don't give a shit. There's nobody in the middle anymore. Nobody's listening. No one's trying to decrypt it. They're looking at screen captures and keystroke loggers. If you can see it in the clear, I, as a hacker, can see it in the clear. Get real people so now, if you're going to use a wallet, use an offline hard wallet. Before you plug the fucker in, disconnect from the Internet. So God, for God's sake, keep your seed keys private. Don't use Ethereum free wallet and use an offline hard wallet. And remember, the instant you turn on your smartphone, the world is listening and watching and will always do so. I'm giving you the best master key anybody's given you for unlocking your door and getting the hell out of the prison that you, because you are sheep, have placed yourself in. God forbid you fuck with that. You're fucking with me. He's dropping red pills, folks. He's dropping red pills everywhere. So so let me ask you this then. Uh, you know, the fiat is, is in total disarray, and there's talks about governments then issuing crypto. You know, how long before we have a Fed coin, before the, the final move from the collapse of fiat to crypto as government? They're sovereign place? coins, yeah. Well, I hope it's long enough for us to have finally understood what we're doing, which is in getting away from the Fed from the national currencies. Well, it'll be another fiat currency, only it'll be digital. And we will not buy that shit because we will already have coinage that's fucking functional, does the job for which it's intended, and we are using it for that job. Let's hope it's that long because no one will buy it. No one will use it, and we will laugh at it and continue on our separate ways. End of story, and I enjoyed being on television. Thanks. Thanks, John. We appreciate it. (laughs) That was a lot to unravel there on that very first time we chatted with him coming right. I mean, seriously, it was the first time we interviewed him. And the biggest thing was that he was going to cut his dick off if Bitcoin wasn't a million dollars. He was going to eat it. And he was going to eat it. (laughs) He was going to eat his dick. So we had to ask that question first. That's why it was a little cringy to hear this on like. Here's the memorial episode for John Mac, and immediately coming out of the gates with the dick question. I think he would have appreciated that. I think he did appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I always, I like the dick lasagna. That yeah. was oh. the, the dick on you. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that, that got me about that was how he talked about mobile phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the things that I took out from the first interview. Is like so many people keeping their stuff on the mobile phones, and he goes, "Look, people, they're trying. They're going to hack your phones. They want to know where you are, and they want to know who you're with." And what you buy, and how are they going to advertise you? It's it's your tracking device. Basically, 
the powers that be figured out a way to get everybody to willingly accept their own tracking device everywhere they go. Like it's, it is pretty amazing if you think about it from that construct. And, um, there's a lot of great gems in that, that first piece there. Yeah. He was definitely unlike anybody that we had spoken to before and, more about the wager that Bitcoin was going to hit a million in a future episode. But the second time we had the pleasure to interview John was on episode number 200. So again, this was the first time was March 20th, 2018. So it was after that last Bitcoin run where it went to almost 20,000 and they then came crashing down. We had him back on in the fall of that year. It was actually Halloween, October 31st. 2018 episode number 200 our second encounter with the late great john mcafee why am i running because by running you get access to the national stage from that stage i intend to promote the blockchain and cryptocurrency and the potential freedom and individual power that it can offer us now what better way to do that <laughs> well, actually, one of my people just made a banner for me. It says, I'm John McAfee. I promise I won't grab your pussy. So the presidential run is purely to get a platform. Are you running as a libertarian or independent yes. or what? I'm, I'm running as a libertarian because it, they've already got uh, access in all 50 states. They've got their people on the ground. It's just going to be so much easier for me. Uh, and and it'll be easier for me to get into the presidential debates. Now, if I do not get that magic 10% support uh, from the population, it's not going to matter to me. I'm going to make so much fucking noise, and I will embarrass this two-party system so badly that I'll, I will force their asses to get me on the stage with the Republican and Democrat. We saw this past week with the circus statism, and everybody believes that government's going to save us in everything. Media circus we've been watching. I think the absurdity of politics has reached the point that even the most unawake person in our society sees now the absolute absurdity, the circus nature, the fact that, good God, people, is this our government we're watching? Sadly, yes. It is. Do you think that it is not possible that these people are already in every one of our technology companies and we are in every one of China's and Russia's? This is a spy on spy on spy problem here. Once you get into Apple, if you are in fact technologically competent, work hard, you're going to get promoted. You're going to get some power. You are then going to start hiring your friends who are also spies. I mean, good God Almighty, think about the implications of this. Think about how trivial it is to do. And once I'm inside, especially in the field of software, how hard is it to go in and have a modification? Because good God, you've got millions of lines of code. Nobody knows what they do except the, the programmers who program them. Everybody's spying on everybody. Every piece of software is compromised. Every piece of hardware is compromised. Good God, thankfully, we discovered this only by accident. Because you're not going to be able to discover it other than by accident. A clever technologist who's a spy is going to get away with this for years. This is the status of this world. Let's wake up. Our greatest enemy uh, is not Russia, but China. No, sir. Our greatest enemy 
is our own government. We had no choice, and we still have no choice, because Bitcoin has not reached the point. Like, I can buy houses with Bitcoin now. Go on and, and, and check for the real estate paid by Bitcoin. It's flourishing. Cars, everything. Well, groceries and, and things at Walmart you can't yet. In two years, you will be able to. We are restricted by the fact that we have just, where I plant, just come out of the ground. It's a big tree, but right now it's a tiny little shoot with two leaves. But anybody who knows botany knows that in two years, that's going to be a very sturdy thing. There's got to be some sort of event that's going to take place. What do you think it is, and when do you think it's going to happen? It'll certainly happen within 12 months. What the event will be, I don't really know, and I don't really care. There is a pressure building. Have you ever seen a mushroom break through concrete? It happens, always. Mm -hmm. If there's a mushroom spore, you put the concrete down, you get any water there, the mushroom will break the concrete. What things do you think could be the instigator of that? Distributed exchanges. And why? Because that will give us the emotional confidence. We can't be shut down now. No government in the world can shut down a distributed exchange. Are you one of those people that um, do you do you buy and sell a lot with your crypto or do you still, you know, what percentage would you say of your transactions are crypto versus fiat? Well, I don't have any transaction because I don't own anything and I have no money and haven't for 30 years. Uh, the people here at Team McAfee, they do all this stuff. I live off the kindness of my friends and my employees, okay? They let me live in this house. They let me drive these cars. They let me have this boat. Um, so I don't do any of that stuff. I have, not, I have no money to do it with. Have you seen a distributed or decentralized solution for social media yet? Because we need one. These are all aspects of a centralized power structure. Mm -hmm. in, uh, uh, exemplified by corporations. That's the ultimate centralized power structure with all of its corruption, control, uh, power, uh, everything. We are moving away from that, are we not? You can see this with just the currencies. Companies are not going to exist. Why do you need a fucking corporation to manage Bitcoin, Ethereum, Monero? We don't. We, the people, manage it through our own transactions. Keller Fisher Law, uh, he wants to know your five-year vision of, of crypto future. I think in five years, fiat will be on its last leg. And governments will be panicking on how to get revenue, and the world is going to change. My wife has run off with my neighbor, taken my dogs, emptied my bank account, uh, and set fire to my clothes in the backyard. Janice wouldn't do that. She, she's right there, right? She's not going to do that. Janice, be nice, honey. Don't be treating John like that. No. <laughs> I, would, I would never do that. I did key his car one time, but he just... <laughs> He probably had it coming, yeah. No, I mean a serious key. Why don't you look at life as it exists and look at the things you wish you could change? Maybe you want more privacy. Maybe you would like Amazon replaced because for whatever reason, uh, they don't let you into Amazon Prime or whatever. Um, and then, trust me, if you look around this field, there are over 4,000 coins or tokens now. Find something that attempts to solve that problem. How, how hard is that? See, people are not thinking for themselves. This is not rocket science. Any other final words of wisdom, Mr. John McAfee, for our wonderful Bad Crypto audience today? Stay the course. 
If you truly love crypto, stay the course. Do what you love. Do the right thing and get ready for a war. I mean, an economic, social, cultural war of enormous proportions. Do not be afraid of anything in life. Life is the greatest of all mysteries. Only if you're willing to accept everything that comes and roll with it. So thank you very much. November 31st, 2018. He sure did like to challenge people. Think about that. We did 100 episodes in like five months there. Like we were doing four episodes a week there for a while. We yeah. were churning out the content. We still are doing four episodes a week. It's just too bad crypto and too nifty show. Well, that's true. That is true. Um, what really got me on this one is the fact that, you know, you know, so he, he got jailed because the U.S. government the ta- for taxes. And uh, but here he said plainly is that I own nothing. He had, things were set up in trusts. Mm-hmm. They were set up. No, but no business, no money was directly being sent to John McAfee. So in his mind, in his world, the way he had set it up, he owned nothing and was happy. See, that's what we need, the Great Reset, baby. Um, so to me, even though he has his entity set up, had it in trust, the government still came after him because he probably, because of how he had it all set up. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, he was very plain to say the greatest enemy we have is not foreign enemies. It's from within. Mm-hmm. And it's our own government. That's a scary thought. Well, what does a government typically do over time? They gain more and more and more power. Mm-hmm. And the reason the United States was set up was to really eliminate that power or well, eliminate the power of the king and give it back to the people. But slowly what has happened is, well, the individual states had their rights, right? But then all of a sudden the federal government sort of usurped all those rights to uh, and now the federal government's the one. And think about this people in the federal government, they, it's so hard for them to get fired. Like it's like right. if you get a job as a federal government employee, like it's pretty much you can do whatever they want. So that's why there's so many rogue elements within the government because there's no repercussions. They have no, they have zero percent chance of losing their job. It requires an act of Congress to fire somebody. <laughs> to fire somebody really. Does. It's unbelievable when you think about that. Like yeah. what other industry is it that you cannot get fired from? Name one government. Are you serious? That's the one that people. They should be fired the most because, like, if you're doing a piss poor job, mm-hmm. you're not meeting certain standards by the people. Boom, you're done. If you're corrupt or you're a communist and you're not part of the Americans, you need to go. But instead, what's happened over time is, especially since they they offed Kennedy, is so many of these swamp creatures are just throughout the government, and and they they're not they're unelected, and they're unfireable. So how do you get rid of that? Really good question. Well, we wanted to have John on episode number 300, but he was on the run. <laughs> he left Cuba or something, right? Wasn't yeah, he? he was all over the place. He was he all kept, over the Caribbean. He was all over, and we weren't sure, you know, wow, is there a chance that we're not going to be able to get him for 300? You know, will he go missing? Will his life end? Will he be in prison? And so we just decided to be proactive. We invited him back to the show July 1st, 2019, and we broke our own centennial code. He was on episode number 200, 
in 81. We weren't sure if this was going to be the last time or not. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't, but let's give it a listen. I was, I was last in the Bahamas in a little island called the Exumas, a beautiful place. I went to the uh, Bahamas, of course, before because uh, I was charged with income tax evasion. I haven't paid taxes in eight years, and I will never pay them again. And uh, I believe they're illegal and unconstitutional. But in any case, I went to the Bahamas because they have no income tax. You cannot extradite someone from a country where what's your, the crime you're extraditing them for is not a crime in the country that you're in. So I was safe. Uh, then three weeks ago, the uh, I don't know whether it was the FBI or the CIA approached the Bahamian government uh, informally uh, with charges that uh, of murder, racketeering, and and money laundering, and um, all bogus. The uh, the idea was to get the extradition, which they would have to extradite me on those charges, uh, then drop those charges, and and then uh, prosecute me on my my uh, IRS charges. So in any case, I came to Cuba because that's the last uh, safe place for me in the Caribbean. Uh, you know, my boat doesn't have the capacity to go to the Pacific from here. And so I have a limited choice of islands. Uh, Cuba is spectacular. But, um, it's extremely unlikely that I will be extradited from here. Uh, Cuba has never extradited a single American citizen for any offense. And then they also created the IRS. The Federal Reserve Bank yes. is run by these trustees. When you pay the yeah. when you pay the IRS, the trustees get paid, not the US government. So it is a wonky system set up to feed the elite really. It is, but but I'm not playing that game anymore. I mean I, I played it most of my life. I've I've paid close to a hundred million dollars in income taxes over the years. I have not received that much in benefits from the government. I just stopped paying. Uh, I wrote them a letter everywhere saying, I'm not, I'm, I, you know where I live? I'm not filing. Now, they've never bothered me until I started last year speaking worldwide about crypto privacy coins and distributed exchanges, which would uh, uh, prevent any government uh, from finding out how much money you're making, where it came from, where you're sending it to, uh, how much is in your wallet, nothing. They don't know who you are. Uh, you're completely anonymous. Now, those two things, distributed exchanges, which cannot be shut down by governments, and privacy coins obviates income tax. I mean, unless you want to believe that all human beings are honest and, and you'll uh, just of your own free will report everything that you've done and pay your taxes, I'm sorry. I don't believe that. You know, I'm actually standing up for what I believe in, which is I'm not filing, period, end of story. I'm not telling you anything about my income or lack of it. Um, you know, go, go, go fuck yourself. Uh, now, as a result, I've lost my homeland. I mean, the, the land where, you know, I grew up, kissed my first girl, graduated from high school, went to the prom, got my first job, got married, had children, my homeland. I have had to abandon that because I refuse to bow any longer to the nonsense of our government. Mm. So, and one of the things I like about Cuba is that Cuba also is the only country in the Caribbean that has refused to bow to the U.S. Every other country is terrified of America, as they should be. America is the world's bully, the world's policeman. 
No one asked us to be the policeman, but we are. You are launching your presidential campaign. I am. Absolutely, sir. And, well, I actually launched it while I was in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Um, we have thousands of, it's amazing. So, no, I had I had a, a great amount of support before I went in, into exile. After exile, my support went through the roof. There are so many people who are dissatisfied with the government and would like to thumb their noses up like I do. They just don't have the ability to do so. Well, I, I know how to survive, and I've lived in every country in the world almost, and so this is nothing for me to have to pack up on a moment's notice because I'm about to be collected and moved to another country. Here's the problem. People are asking, what will you do about this? What will you do about that? The question is, how will you fucking know? We know nothing other than the, the propaganda that the government feeds us through the press. And it's all lies. It's, it's disinformation. Uh, it's delusion. And, and the government lives behind a veil of absolute secrecy while it expects us, the citizens, to open our kimono and show them everything. It should be the reverse. It started out being the reverse. It's our fucking government. We elected these people. We need to know exactly what the truth is that's happening. No, try and find out the truth. The government is manipulating so much of the world and its own society that if, if we found out the truth, we would burn Washington to the ground. Well, there, there is no way. I mean, please, anybody who thinks that I have a real chance of becoming president needs their head examined. Or you've been living in a closet in your mother's house your entire life and know nothing about reality. I can't be president. Jesus Christ. Nor do I want to be. You couldn't pay me $100 million to do that job, especially at my age. Don't want to spend the rest of my life with that awesome responsibility, with that, you know, people throwing eggs and tomatoes all the time. And not in reality, but metaphorically, having the responsibility to serve 400 million people. Jesus, and to extract from the nightmarish uh, mix-up that we have with the rest of the world, the Middle East, North Korea, Cuba, Mexico, South America, good God almighty, who would want that job? Certainly not me. No. Why am I running? I am running because I get access to the national stage. These privacy um, mechanisms are going to be cracked by governments and, and hackers unless they are incredibly complex and require massive, you know, massive, massive uh, computing power, many years to break. So I'd say Apollo and Monero are the only two that I would, I would say can't be broken. I know that the U.S. government put out a, a request, an RFP, a request for proposal for any hacker that could give a method of breaking into Monero, of finding out who, the, who a, a person is who transferred or received or even where they were. Uh, no, nothing's been said, but I can guarantee you no one's done it. So the two that I would do with Monero, it's been there the longest, it's accepted widely, Apollo, and much newer, but I think even more secure. Um, everything else, I think, eventually is going to be cracked. I'm serious. And it is. Okay, now then, here comes my mask. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Wow. <laughs> that is the best. I just got the best photo, dude. That is hilarious. Ah, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, okay, those of you so now, that are listening to the show. This is probably not on straight. I, I'm not in a mirror. I can't really tell. Is this kind of straight, Robert? He says it's kind of straight. That's good. Those that of you so listening fun. to the audio, you need to go to the Bad Crypto Mastermind or to our YouTube channel <laughs> to see the video of this. It will give you nightmares. But I, what I want is I want to see privacy coins succeed. Else crypto will not succeed, I promise you. By the way, anything in the medical field, good God, invest in it. Why? Look at the world around you. What are the most profitable companies in the world? Merck, Bayer, all of the, the pharmaceutical companies, all of the medical firms, hospitals, good God almighty, medicine is the field that all the money in the world filters into. What is it? For every one ounce of real gold, yes. there's like 500 bullshit ounces of paper gold. And so it's like the price of gold yes. should be just so much higher. And the price of silver should be so much higher, but they manipulated it. Yes. And, and they just came out the other day and said that Merrill Lynch has been manipulating the silver markets in 2008 and got fined $25 million. Made billions of dollars and get fined $25 million. What the hell is that? Yes. <laughs> I know. Let me let me let me make this a little bit clearer. Bitcoin has a maximum supply of 21 million coins, seven million of which are simply into the fucking ether. All right. So let's say 15 million coins. If in fact all the fiat was gone and only Bitcoin could be used, if you take the world economy, then Bitcoin. It, in that situation, would be worth over $100 million per coin. Now, if we get one hundredth of that by 2020, which I really believe we will, that's a million. And when I said over $100 million, it's closer to $200 million. If Bitcoin was all there was, and there was only 15 million coins, and that's a very conservative estimate of the value of Bitcoin. So please, it's mathematics. Just take the number of fucking users, the number of people who are accepting it, and run the goddamn numbers. It's a million dollars by 2020, no matter how you look at it. Okay, let me, let me answer that very simply, because I'm also a cybersecurity expert, and EMP is one of the major concerns. They ran a study four years ago that if an EMP happened that did bring it down, 99% of all people on Earth would perish. Mm. We wouldn't have any electricity anywhere, my friend. Mm -hmm. Everything would be gone. We would be bombed into the Stone Age. Food could not be delivered to supermarkets hundreds of miles away. Oil would disappear 30 days into it. And 99% of us would starve to death. The remaining 1% would be back in the Stone Age killing each other with clubs. Do you give a flying fuck? what Bitcoin is worth or not then. Nobody does. <laughs> there you go. There you I want to hear your thoughts on Facebook's Libra. Go for it. I'm sorry, people. Get real. This is nothing more than a ploy and probably half paid for by the U.S. government to get people sucked into, quote, crypto, but merely giving up more of your freedoms, more of your privacy. Please, people, don't buy this shit. Let people, let, let Libra come out. Let the U.S. government have its own coin. Stay the fuck away from it. Keep with Bitcoin. Keep with Monero. Keep with Ethereum. Keep with Apollo. Keep with what you know as a future that frees you rather than secures you by handcuffs to an electronic version of currency.
So let's make everybody aware, number one, of cryptocurrency, and number two, stay the fuck away from Libra. (laughs) (laughs) One is, let's pimp McAfee Magic. Why the hell did you launch an exchange? Why did I? Yeah. That's not an exchange. No, McAfee Magic is not an exchange. Okay. It's an interface. It creates a common interface to every other exchange. Mm-hmm. Rather than have to have a different fucking interface every time, you know, you've got something on, on um, uh, one exchange, and some other coins on another exchange. Uh, you've got something on Binance, and Binance will accept very few coins, and you've got KuCoin. No, one fucking, one fucking interface. And secondly, with that interface, you have a practice option where you can put $100 in, and you can practice trading under real market conditions for as long as you want, risking nothing. When you lose, you re- hit the reset button, you go back to zero, you've lost nothing. Well, here, here's the thing. I've been talking with him about tokenizing his art, turning those into NFTs. And I want to know what you think about that. Yes. I think it's probably the greatest idea since sliced bread. The problem is how to implement it in a way that makes sense. Because if you're using a non-fungible token, you only have one token per piece of art. Now, how do you then market that? Um, it's very it. difficult. It's an uh, auction. You, rate, you, you do an auction for some... Yeah, but I mean, like if, we're gonna, if we're going to make any money, it's going to have to be a reasonable amount of money per token. And I, don't, I, I just don't think that it's going to go... It might. Um, I'm thinking more along the lines of a fungible token for each one um, or for a fungible token for the entire collection. I'm not sure, but we're looking into it. And I've got actually, uh, I put a little, a little notice down on Twitter looking for uh, developers who with that experience and two of the top guys uh, that, that are absolutely the best in non-fungible tokens are working with us now. Beautiful. Uh, so, if it makes sense to, to make a fungible token, then that's exactly what we'll do. And thank you, by the way, for that ex- extraordinarily great idea. That had never occurred to me. Excellent. Man, Mr. Well, Joe had a great idea? This is amazing. I did. Hey, Mr. Joe Com's got all kinds I did. I, that's the first one. I mean, yeah, I, I, went, I went back in his history. He didn't have any others, but he did have that one. He's yep. got a couple. Hey, Mr. if Joe you Com. can have one great idea in a lifetime, then, you know, let's roll with that. I did create the iFart app, so two great ideas. Oh, that's two. Okay, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. John, what's we your last question? It. Uh, that, that's it, man. All we're right. going gonna to let you go. Travis, blow him a kiss or something. Dude, you're awesome, <laughs> Mr. McAfee. Get us one of those masks so we can have a so well, I can I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the mask, I'm going to put the mask back on and walk through the coffee shop here in Cuba. <laughs> I think that would be a good experience. That's so awesome. Bye, Dios, amigo. How fun. The mask. The John Mascafee, we called him when we were interviewing him. He was in Cuba mm-hmm. and he was somewhere poolside, and there was, you could hear all the noise from, you know, the bar or wherever he was going on around him. And he put that thing on, and we just lost it. It was hilarious. It was funny. Now, one, we interviewed him, as you said, five times. 
He was only in the same location twice. Hmm. And that was in 2020 when we interviewed him for Virtual Blockchain Week and for episode 400, which are the next two interviews. All the other ones, he was in different places. The first time we interviewed him, he was in some place in the Caribbean. And that's when he had like a he had like a bong there and had like some alcohol there and a tourniquet and some like he was partying hard that mm-hmm. day. And then the second time was uh, he was laying in his bed mm-hmm. and he was just chilling. So right. this interview, so the second interview you heard, he was just chilling. This third interview, he was in a bar somewhere in Cuba, right, wearing that mask, which was just like a fabric mask that just looked like him. And as you put it over the face, you could see the contours of of that. So that was interesting. He said a few things in this interview that probably struck you while you were listening to it. One, he talked about how big Big Pharma is, mm-hmm. right? And we've and this was in Jan, July of 2019, before we just saw this big old huge craziness that involves the pharmaceutical industry that we're in right now. That, to me, was like, look at that. He saw that. And, which, by the way, in episode 400, which we're going to hear next, we talk a lot about that. Yeah. So we go into that, and so that was really interesting. And then, wow, nice job on on the NFTs. Yeah, two thousand. Well, you know, you and I have been following NFTs since CryptoKitties, yeah. right? We jumped on that as soon as we saw those things. We bought some. You lost some. That was mm-hmm. December two thousand seventeen. Your kitties are still lost, poor little kitties. And you know, I I remember uh, Money Alada. I was I was really blessed because he made this poster if my life were a movie and for whatever reason he chose to feature me as the subject of the first subject of this that he did and I remember seeing him making these and I reached out to him on Twitter and I said you you, these need to be NFTs and he was like you know tell me more and I explained at that point right and so, uh, yeah, you and I were way ahead of the game here. I mean, we might not be OGs of blockchain, you know, people like Brock Pierce and McAfee that were doing it in 2013. I guess you kind of are because you, you mined it and lost yours really early. So you're OG-ish. I, I dabbled. I'm an OG-ish, but it's like my problem was I never had any real crypto buddies to vibe off of. Right. Like every, every smart person that I talked to about Bitcoin, they just all just sort of blew it off. And it was weird. I bet I talked 15 people just like, hey, what do you think of this? crypto and bitcoin oh i really don't know much about it or i don't i don't really you know and so it was just so weird to me how like all these smart people who i know just totally glossed over it and i was like this seems like it's something why is why are none of my most intelligent friends vibing on it it must maybe it's not and then i showed up and then finally i had a semi-smart friend right we start having conversations (laughs) and and that led to all this and the interviews with john mcafee and uh so this was the third time Lots of great content in there. And, um, and and this is interesting, too. He did some foreshadowing of his predicament that he was just in. Like, uh-huh. he was talking about, you know, the sort of going on on the deep state, talking about how some just some craziness that was going on and how he, he doesn't have he, – he has his money sort of in other places and how the IRS is a scam and how he went off on that. And, like, he paid he paid $100 million in taxes in his life, like – Holy cow, like if you reach that level, because you know what? Not even some of these, not even Bezos is most likely paid that much because there's so many loopholes. So it's like if, if somebody has paid $100 million in taxes, you should be like, well, congratulations, you've reached the, you don't have to pay Yeah, anymore. lifetime, that's it. You, you've, you've hit your enough, deductible. You, you don't have to pay anymore. <laughs> like because so many, like even even like Trump and some of these other ones, like and, and 
these other sort of business people. It's like they're going in and finding every single mm-hmm. legal possible legal loophole possible to pay as minimal tax. If he paid a hundred million dollars in taxes and then they still came after him for taxes, like that is like political warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to say this. Yeah. Is so t- so timestamp on this today is Friday is the 10th, the 9th, the 9th, the 9th of July. Yep. Today, there's an event called Cyber Polygon going on where the world's largest cybersecurity experts and government policymakers from around the world and some of the global elite are meeting. You can check it out, global, or you can check it out, cyberpolygon.com. And this is essentially the same training that they had in October of 2019 called Agenda 201 where all the top pharmaceutical people met and they were talking about this upcoming pandemic that was going to happen. And the cyber polygon is all about crashing the world's grid. What happens if the world's grid goes down and the world's, you know, these different systems within all go down, what happens? And they're, they're, they're playing that out. It would seem to me that John McAfee as one of the foremost cybersecurity experts in the world they would not want him around to be commenting on this particular topic. So it was just that occurred to me while he was talking. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of interesting that we're having this conversation today while Cyber Polygon is going on, knowing that John would just have a ton of thoughts. I would love to pick his brain on Cyber Polygon, and he's not here, but we're we're paying homage right now. I would imagine it'd be something like, please, people, these people don't have your best interests at heart. Yeah, something. Wake up. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Well, uh, John did make it to episode 300, but we skipped having him on 300 because he was on 281. And he made it all the way to episode number 400. This interview took place on April 27th, 2020. We were, uh, I guess, you know, about two months into lockdowns. And uh, we, you know, this is kind of where it comes full circle because he was talking about pharma. And, of course, we had to go to his thoughts on COVID and, and much more. So let's go ahead and listen to John's fourth appearance from episode number 400, April 27th. 2020 so very nice that's great well you're you know you're hunkered and bunkered like the rest of us so let it loose man tell us what you think is going on and just to time stamp this so people know because the interview is coming out uh, i believe either end of april early may this is april the 10th and we're still under quarantine yeah well okay Uh, first of all we're (laughs) we're being completely deceived people this is a media um generated uh, issue uh, for, for example um let, let's talk numbers can because i'm i'm a mathematician i like numbers because they add up uh, the flu uh kills six hundred thousand people a year good god that's a huge number mm-hmm. <laughs> around that's the fun. world right around the world. around the world yeah, yeah. Uh, kills uh, fifty to sixty thousand a year in America, um, but six hundred thousand people a year. Um, that's a horrible number, but it's not. It's only a horrible number by itself. Keep in mind, seven point eight billion people. That is, the flu kills one in every ten thousand people. <laughs> so of course we pay it no mind. 
But coronavirus has killed only 100,000, and we're in lockdown. And that 100,000 is a massively inflated number based on the new uh, method of counting that was just implemented a couple of a month ago, and by America as well, um, where if you die and you're infected, you die of the infection. <laughs> we don't do that for anything else. There are every day a quarter of a million people die in hospitals and at home from terminal illness. Now, a large percentage of those are going to be infected. We know that, right? Um, and if they're infected, they died uh, from the infection. It didn't matter that you suffered for months in a hospital, wasting away, and only had a few more hours to go. Uh, you had the virus when you died. It killed you. Do you understand the stupidity of that? What if they did that for the flu? Oh, someone died of terminal illness. Uh, uh, but let's check if they had the flu, because if they did, the flu killed them. Uh, not this six months of, of terminal cancer or heart disease um, or advanced diabetes. Do you see the insanity? So 10 times uh, as many people are recorded as dying uh, as really do die. Because people go, oh, this only kills old people. Duh, because it's the old people who are dying. <laughs> they understand. Nobody dies from the coronavirus of between the ages of, of uh, five and 50. Well, there's yeah, a few outliers, which, right? There's, there's, there's some outliers, but oh, there's yeah, no more outlier. than 10. No more than 10. Mm. And all of those are publicized by the, oh, look, it killed an infant. It killed a 15-year-old boy. And even that was questionable. No, yeah. you motherfuckers are not going to get sick from it. Or you're not yeah. going to die from it. I will if I get it, but my chances of getting it's so insane. People, I'm not dying yet, so I'm not, I'm not worrying. Right. So we've got 100,000 uh, official deaths. We're using the new math to where two plus two is no longer four. It's actually 22. And we're using the new math to count the deaths. <laughs> Do you not see the absurdity? Yeah. Even let's let's say they're not exaggerating. It's still why the hell are we paying attention to it? Two point four million people a year die from pathogenic diarrhea. <laughs> we need to ban that. Diarrhea? We need to ban diarrhea. We have to. Well, no, <laughs> you need to ban the viruses. Taking... You need to ban the viruses and ban bacteria that cause it. All right. Mm -hmm. So now uh, we could save two point four billion million a year. Uh, without having to lock people in because the pathogens that cause that two and a half million deaths um, are not airborne. So we don't have to lock people in. We don't have to do social distancing. All we're going to do is mandate. If you touch another person or some object that's not yours, wash your hands. Yeah. We'd save two. Are we doing it? No, it's not worth it for fuck's sake, people. <laughs> two and a half million people per year. Do you know what that is? That's one person in every 3,000. Of course, we're not going to pay attention to it. Why the fuck are we paying attention to this? Do you not understand? This is a scare tactic by the media. Who benefits from this, by the way? Certainly not airlines. They're going to go out of business. Certainly not the travel industry. Now, certainly not the oil industry. Uh, <laughs> they are going to be in a world of hurt. Their sales have dropped 99%. Um, because, why? Well, if you're not out driving your car because you can't go anywhere, uh, you're not burning gas, are you? Mm -hmm. So look at all the cars on freeways that aren't there anymore. 
99 percent of them are home so they're losing who wins the <laughs> i can't see how people can't see this um the media conglomerates the most powerful industry in the world second only to pharma big pharma is number one um and they're benefiting because what what gives media its power number of eyeballs times time spent looking at the shit that i put on the screen mm-hmm. now the number of the number of eyeballs uh has remained almost constant but the number of hours has gone up by a factor of five mm-hmm. they're suddenly five times more powerful five times more important five mm-hmm. times more valuable so they've won big pharma certainly wins the rest of the world loses mm-hmm. do you understand what that means this is like uh, um the uh germany uh, under the ss mm-hmm. where parents uh, were turned in by their children and and people disappeared by the millions um or even worse this is this is almost worse than orwell's 1984 is this bitcoin's moment to shine john what do you think it's not bitcoin's moment of course not it's crypto's moment yes i mean bitcoin please people it's the oldest of the technologies i mean people go i thought you were a supporter oh bullshit people i mean the day that i i made this said listen bitcoin doesn't hit a million dollars i'll eat my dick uh was when the bitcoin maximalists were being so absurd about yeah bitcoin is the only thing why for example if anybody had any common sense, you would multiply one million dollars times the number of bitcoins, and you'd come out with a number larger than the gross national product of the North American continent. Nothing in the world is that big. <laughs> so uh, it could not have been true. Listen, when I first said, Look, I'm, I'm going to just show how absurd these motherfuckers are, or just make fun of them. I said, uh, I told my people, I'm just going to do a tweet. Uh, so I'm going to eat my dick if Bitcoin doesn't hit $100,000. And then someone said, you know what? Someone might actually believe that. Because, no fucking way. I said, all right, I'll make it a million. Still, people believed it. And I put that out on the same day that I said, I fuck whales, by the way, people. And the following day, I put out, <laughs> I, also, I, also, I also eat human brains. Please, people. <laughs> it was a joke. If you cannot see what a terrific joke it was or horrific, <laughs> then I don't know. Well, all the but media never, attention was never, amazing. I've right? never been a, a supporter of Bitcoin. I'm a supporter yeah. of crypto. Bitcoin's got no privacy, no smart contracts, no distributed applications. It's not a stable coin. What the fuck is it? I think this is, could be really huge for crypto because, I mean, who wants to get change handed back to them in paper money now when everybody's scared about germs, right? And how dirty money is and <laughs> how, how many strippers' asses these dollars have been on and up and around. That's and true. Stuff, right? Of course, that, that might be a benefit for some people. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can say, hey, this dollar... This dollar has been on 300 strippers' asses. Well, I'll give you $100 for That's it. That's a good Where's George, right? If that, well, if that bill was tracked on Where's George. That's true. <laughs> Only if it's on the blockchain so you can prove it was attached to Tiffany's ass. That's the trick. <laughs> That's the real bad crypto people. <laughs> because it is not going to give you privacy. No, or security. It is going to make sure that every single penny that you earn and spend is logged the instant it's earned or spent. Is that what you want? You want governments giving having that much 
control and knowledge over your finances, which constitutionally should be yours and private. I mean, listen, there are tens of thousands of us. I don't, we don't use uh, paper, money. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have credit cards. We don't have bank accounts. Jans and I do not have a bank account, not a single credit card. We don't use paper, totally crypto. When I, when I consult with somebody, I get paid in Monero. When I uh, hire someone to, to do work, I pay them uh, in Monero. And tens of thousands of us no longer touch anything else because there's nothing I can't buy. You can buy houses, uh, cars, clothes, bulletproof vests, shoes. Um, you can get food. Check it out on Google. Nothing you can't buy with crypto. If you're willing to forego certain things, like you can't go to the coffee shop uh, and buy a cup of coffee uh, with crypto in most places, and some you can. Well, you did something funny on uh, Twitter here recently. You offered $500 in die for the best post-apocalyptic photos yes. online. I would just tell, tell us a little bit about some of the submissions you got. Oh, it was, God, it was great. Um, uh, the one that won was a guy in, in I think, somewhere in Nevada uh, that had a very beautiful photo of an empty uh, street, uh, no people in the cars, no dogs, uh, and then the red roof of I don't know, a Pizza Hut or something off off in the corner. It was beautiful. Uh, but no, the submissions we got were were amazing. The, the Las Vegas was the best. Uh, the uh, empty. Um, uh, MGM uh, uh, parking lot with a goose walking across it. Um, mm. The uh, the the Las Vegas Strip, empty of except maybe one or two cars in the far distance. Um, oh, I think another good one that, that I liked was um, in Rochester, New York, deer in the middle of the freeway exiting the exit ramp. <laughs> no cars, days. no cars. Empty freeway and two deer trotting on down the exit ramp. Clearly, they had been traveling on the freeway for some time and decided, let's get off here. Yeah. So, in any case, that's I've got to go. Janice is giving me the, the thanks, side. John. So, thanks, Janice, for right. uh, lending him to us. We're looking forward to having you at Virtual Blockchain Week. Uh, global audience, John, it's going to be great fun. So this interview was done just, what, five weeks into lockdown, and, you know, he had already had enough, and here we are in the summer of 2021, and in Puerto Rico, they just uh, issued a, man a mandate that said, if you've gotten the jab twice, you don't have to wear a mask, but if you haven't, you're still supposed to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Well, they're still they're still crazy about the mask here. Yeah, like I, you don't see anybody walking around without a mask, even though that they've done the mandate where you can you don't have to. Well, some, very few. Not and if you then, go to Walmart. And then I went to the grocery store and I had my mask in my hand, and the lady's like, "You put on your mask, put on your mask." Like they're terrified here. Like, and here it is, eighty-five degrees every day, right. and these viruses don't last out in the sunlight. So when you're seeing people walking with their masks on by themselves, like. They've gotten some serious indoctrination about this thing. And they are they are literally terrified for it here. And I don't think there's been very many deaths about it here. It's like 
Flu season is in the wintertime when it's cold, mostly, when people mm-hmm. are locked up in the house and don't get vitamin D. And here you can get vitamin D. And you got yourself a bunch of vitamin D sitting out by the pool earlier. I did. I soaked it up. I was like, vitamin D. give me all that D. So he called handle. it out. He was like, this is a media fear-driven thing. And that was his opinion on this whole thing here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's bullshit. And look how they're controlling. And you hear, the, you hear his other interviews from like a year and a half ago. And he's all like, big pharma. And their biggest powerful, you know, all the money that flows into Big Pharma. And then here's Big Pharma sort of taking a big control of society. I don't know. It's just he seemed pretty spot on on a lot of that stuff to me. Well, there was one last time that we got to talk to him, and that was for Virtual Blockchain Week when he delivered, I believe, the closing keynote. On one of the days. On one of the five days. And... um Talked about crypto, talked about coronavirus, talked about guns. It was a live interview for the world to see. And was it colorful? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. This last interview that we just had, though, that was the one where he had that his big gun just sitting up against the yeah, wall. Yeah, he had an AK-47 yeah, just right sitting there. right up there against the wall in his soundproof <laughs> room that he was in. I was like, dude, check out that thing. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, Aaron has pulled photos from these because every time we interviewed him, we did it on video. And some of these videos you can find on the Bad Crypto YouTube channel. But if you go to the show notes for this episode, you can see the uh, the links to all the episodes and some of the photos, including the AK-47, the John Mascafy. Maybe we've got a photo in there of when he the first interview we did where he was wrapping a tourniquet around his arm. I, I still don't know if he was funding us. You know, if he was BSing us or he was actually really getting ready to shoot up, all I know is it took both of us <laughs> really off guard. It's like, what? What is that a turn? What? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, it looked like it was oh, going he did. down. He went frunk, frunk, and he like tightened it up there. And then uh-huh. we're like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> actually, I think you, we edited that part out. You went back in and edited that part out. Oh, uh, that might be true. Well, if you go to the show notes, it's badco.in forward slash 531. Last final. Um, opportunity to interview with john at virtual blockchain week this took place at the very end of uh, april in 2020 where we are uh, we're living in a uh, a paradigm uh, that the world has never never seen before and, and not a paradigm that was um created through thought um or analysis or uh, or even through speculation uh, but um, a paradigm, I, I think, that was just thrust uh, upon us uh, by unknown forces. Um, and it's a paradigm that we have no tools uh, to deal with, either uh, projecting its, its future course uh, or understanding even its cause. Um, we are uh, in a situation that has no precedent in this world. Uh, one third of the entire planet is locked down. And, and unfortunately, that third is the most developed countries in the world, with a few exceptions. Uh, Japan, uh, which uh, refused to cooperate, and seems like they're doing fine. Um, but mostly uh, the developed countries, those that produce uh, the goods and services uh, that keep this, uh, this uh, globe um, functioning and alive. Um, we're animals, uh, just like lions and tigers and bears and monkeys. I mean, we we uh, are part of the animal kingdom. Market, I could, I could care less. I mean, we are taking uh, the crypto market as the value of crypto and the reason to get into it. We're going to get rich. 
but really crypto um, and the blockchain in general is is here to potentially free us from financial slavery, uh, from the overburdened government that creates the fiat currency that we're forced to use, which they can inflate at any time. Oh, by the way, they just did it two trillion dollars <laughs> in the United States. What do you think that's going to do to the dollar? It's sure it's not going to increase its value. You just can't pull money out of the air and expect everything to be okay. Money is based on something called industry, production, service. We haven't increased any of that, have we? In fact, we have decreased it by an incredible percentage. And at the same time, we have inflated our currency by $2 trillion. Now, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that the U.S. dollar is not going to collapse. Yeah. It has two trillion dollars so far, and the, and the the word on the street oh, yeah. is no. that there's, there's six, but maybe more trillion, eight trillion, maybe ten trillion. Oh, well, yeah. well, of course. Well, listen, the Fed said, "Don't worry, people. We can make as much money as we need." <laughs> no, they did. They did a month and a half ago. Don't worry, people. Uh, we can do this electronically to create more money. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, isn't that magic? Why, why are we working then? Why, in fact, are we doing any? Why don't we just sit home and and have the government send us checks every month? We watch TV, take drugs, whatever. We don't, we don't need to work. No, please. <laughs> the world uh, does not function in that way, people. I wish it did. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Why does it have to be true? Because 99% of the sheep do not think for themselves. Why? Well, first of all, uh, laziness is the number one, or not actually number two. The number one is fear. Fear of what? Fear of thinking incorrectly. Fear of making the incorrect decision, which is based on thinking. Isn't it much easier to go, uh, will someone please tell me how to think? Because if they will do that, if that person is wrong, they take the blame. Not you. You're just a follower. Some would say so, the mainstream media does that, that uh, that they just tell people what to think and parrot narratives of often do. enough and people of believe it. Of course they do. They, they use words like horror, staggering numbers. Well, no, they're not at all. Nothing horrible about these numbers. And they're certainly not staggering by any measure of other than raw measure. Oh, a quarter of a million people around the world have died of, of COVID-19. Well, yeah, that sounds like a huge number. Oh, my God, that's a lot. But if you use your head and go, well, but shouldn't we ask something like, well, first of all, how many people in the world are there? I mean, wouldn't that be important to know? 7.8 billion. Oh, so you're telling me that one person out of 50,000 has died, and we're locked down because of that? Uh, you do realize that... Um, uh, more people fall off of ladders and die. Uh, that five times as many, no, I'm sorry, 15 times as many die from diarrhea every year. What gets that me, John, what gets me, John, is yes. like every day worldwide, 151,000 people die every day regularly. And, and, and every week, 1.1 million people die every single week. Like the numbers haven't even reached like a normal week. Like I, I haven't run those numbers, but I know it's 62 million people a year die. That's what that was the number last year. Oh, you're right, five point uh, whatever it is. One point uh, something per yeah. week. Yeah, one point <laughs> fifty-two weeks. Yeah, one point one or something. Yes, absolutely, sixty million people. 
and 200,000 have died, and that's a horror. Where the, our hospitals are going to be overflowing. What do you think these people die? Half of them die in hospitals, 30 million people a year. And yet, uh, COVID is going to overrun our hospitals and our funeral. Oh, please. I mean, if you use your head and common sense, you can see that you're being deceived, people. Like you're always deceived by the mainstream media. And then the government, why is the government following the mainstream media? Because the mainstream media is the power. Once they have frightened the populace, well, then what is Trump and Congress supposed to do? They can't go, hey, it's not a problem. Wait a minute, the media's already told us it is, and we're already scared. What's wrong with you? So they have to go along. Uh, this is some uh, endless circle of no blame other than the originator of the lies. And they're not even lying. They really, it really is. A quarter of a million people have almost died. I mean, almost a quarter of a million people have died. They're not lying. But they are because if they had, if they had any conscience, they would put that in context. When only a quarter of a million people have died, they would say, listen, uh, one person out of 50,000 in the world has died from this thing. Now, isn't that a better way to tell the truth? Mm -hmm. Isn't it? You know, rather the, the than forcing fearful, people. Pardon? That fearful response you talk about. Uh, you know, here in the the apartment building I live in, there's 500 units, and I actually walked into the elevator the other day, and they had put yellow tape on the ground in four corners <laughs> to show you yes. where to stand. <laughs> what are you? And so I stand in the middle, just out of protest. <laughs> Good, excellent. <laughs> Pretty soon, everybody's going to be protesting. But here's the thing. Lies, they disseminate at the speed of light and are accepted by everyone. The truth, it's a lot slower. But the truth, as it creeps along, eradicates and absolutely decimates lies. And the truth is starting to come out. But listen, Stanford University last week came out with a study going, you know what? at least 25% of the American public is already infected. And in England, um, Oxford University three days ago released a study going, um, at least half of all of England is infected, pretty much like the flu. The flu, almost everybody's always infected. 90% show zero uh, symptoms, none, asymptomatic. Same thing with coronavirus. Now, if that is true, and I promise you soon, I hope MIT, John Hopkins, uh, Cambridge will also come up with the same thing, and we will have to accept the truth that, wait, this is not a problem, that the death rate is not 2%. It is, in fact, one-fifth the death rate of the flu. And that seems to be, you know, uh, borne out by the numbers. Flu killed 630,000 in last season. Uh, COVID's killed 200,000. This in about one-third of the deadliness of the flu. So once this comes out, uh, governments and even the media, what's the media going to do? First of all, they're going to deny it. Notice when, when the Stanford study came out that every media outlet managed to find an expert uh, that said, oh, no, that's nonsense. Well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I used to uh, teach uh, in the Harvard uh, Business School um, uh, graduate program uh, every year as uh, as a uh, visiting uh, um, 
industrial entrepreneurial um, teacher or, or, or lecturer, um, uh, Stanford students and talk to Stanford faculty. There is not a smarter, more adept and intelligent group of people on this planet. And I promise you, if they have done a study, <laughs> they're not wrong. But yes, the media had all these studies. Oh no, there's a st they, statistical error. Are you kidding me? Standard Stanford statisticians make statistical errors. <laughs> no. And then the same thing. When Oxford three days ago came out with their saying, hey, listen, you got to stop this lockdown because this is not a problem, people. This does not have a 2% uh, mortality rate. One third of the flu. Mm. That's, what, that's what Oxford came up with. Hey, I love it. So I want to ask you a question, John. I, I want you to put on yes. your, your tinfoil hat with me here for a second. Because, yeah, okay. be, because now, for one, I want to preface this. You know, former CIA director William Casey once upon a time said, well, no, our disinformation is working. It's like when, when the When the American public, everything that we, we have. Every, yes, that's right. When, when the American public CIA believes, when everything that the public believes is a lie we will have succeeded. Yes, duh. Yeah, so now we're in a situation here where, you know, there's been all these different case studies that's popped out where they said this hydroxychloroquine, it's it's helping 90 plus percent <laughs> of the people. And then you got Fauci who's like, no, no, that's horrible, that's bad, we don't want to do that. And then one comes out that's that's a thousand dollar pill and Fauci's like, oh, this one right here might be, we need to really take a look at this thousand dollar pill thing. And and so it seems to me like there's there's a chance this whole thing is blown up out of proportion because of the pharma industry and all this. Are, are yes, they working together? Of course, they're all they're all. Listen, it's economically beneficial for people to believe this is a pandemic. All right, um, and the stupidity of these things uh, that this works, that works. Who cares? So so, John, what what do people do? You know, as we get ready to close out here, we appreciate your time. Um, if everything is going to be as challenging as you believe it's going to be once we do come back out into this economy, how do you recommend people prepare for what's coming next? If I, if I knew what was coming next, I could answer that question. I mean, if the apocalypse is coming next, I think the chances are very slim, but not zero. You need to understand this, people. You cannot even discount that. Why? We've never seen this before. This and the entire history of humankind has never happened. When our species all at once say, we're not gonna work anymore. How about that? <laughs> Who knows what will happen? I hope it's not like the squirrels where the species dies and you know they would if they shut down for even a week. Um, I hope it's not that. If it is, my recommendation is to buy food and guns and guns first, because if you've got the guns, you can get the food, all right? you just have the food and don't have the guns, your neighbors are going to take it because your neighbors are going to have the guns. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. You don't have one handy um, there by you, do you? One of your uh, artillery? What do you got? I'm John McAfee. When am I ever without a fucking gun, people? What, what is that? What do you got there? AK-47. That's course. a 47? You can yeah. drop these. You can drop this in a... A swamp of mud. Come back in 50 years, pick it up, and it will fire. All right. It's a Russian made thing. I mean, <laughs> listen, it ain't pretty. Nothing like the AR 15. The AR 15 is a pretty weapon, but this sucker will always fire. Um, 
So, of course, I've always got weapons. You're I'm a legend, my man. <laughs> great. He's got his guns. He's got his wife. He's got his tribe. He's, he's you know, bunkered in some unknown location, and that's the way <laughs> he likes it. Uh, John, we really appreciate you coming on. I know that. And thank you so much for having me. All right. We've got a journalist at Cointelegraph that's waiting to ask you some Oh, that's questions. right. Okay. The, I understand. I have. Uh, you do understand it is now 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my. Well, oh, we don't wow. know. Nevertheless. Yeah, Nevertheless, and coin and coin telegraph. By the way, I need to rip them a new asshole because today <laughs> it is by it's roast week for them, or roast day or something. And so uh, I understand roasting. So they roasted me solidly today. I'm not going to say what they said. You may look it up, <laughs> um, but I responded. They were basically talking about what? It wasn't them. Who was it? Coin market camp. Oh, I'm sorry. I get these people confused. I mean, coin market. They <laughs> Aren't you glad you have names? Janice there to set the record straight? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Okay. Uh, thank God, because I would have, I would have laid, laid into them out of humor, and they would have thought, "What? What's wrong? What have we can, done to you?" <laughs> can we, can we say hi to Janice? Can she pop on just? Yeah, a Janice, second? baby, come here. They want to say hi to you. We love Janice. And it's got, they got to hurry because uh, they got to go or something. Hello, I've got a shower cap on my head. Thank you, girl. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for uh, for keeping him on track. We appreciate you. Of course, no problem. Without Janice, without Janice, I'd never talk to anybody. Because listen, I'd agree to yeah, we'll interview on Tuesday. I wouldn't write it down, and on Tuesday I would be drinking or something. And forget so Janice exactly. keeps me on track. Right? That's, so That's awesome. You guys are great. Thank you. Thanks so to you both. Enjoy right, your guys. interview You're with welcome. Coin Telegraph. Don't rip them a new one. They're they're good. No, no good God. Thank you for telling me. They do sound alike. Coin Telegraph, Coin Market Cap, really same same syllables. Anyway, thank you guys. <laughs> Take care, John. Oh my God, that is fantastic. <laughs> John David McAfee, born September 18th, 1945, died June 23rd, 2021. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I'm John McAfee, and I've been on with these uh, badasses on bad crypto for the past hour. I'm very happy to leave them, but I will tell you this, they are badasses.